We have Chris Robinson, the Managing Director, TJM Institutional Services, joining us. Chris, welcome and thank you. I want to begin with the U.S. dollar last week. The selling initially was kind of uh, chalked up to just profit taking. I'm wondering, is it becoming something more than that? Oh, profit taking is turned into loss taking, right? If anybody finally threw the towel in and bought that 110 level. Um, I, I don't know. We've seen this. We've had a stair step rally really for the past year, year and a half, um, starting from about 89. So we've had a you know, 23, 24% rally in the dollar. Uh, typically, this happens. We'll be a little bit of a pullback. At the end of the day, you know, that's the oldest expression in the world. The trend is your friend. Yeah. Um, I, I, and th these types of currencies, in my experience, when they go, they, they go for a while. But, yeah, you do get pullbacks. We talk about this all the time, right? You do get opportunities to, uh, to step in and, and see if you can, uh, you know, uh, catch a turn. The question is, you know, are we going back down to 89? Doubtful. It's, I think this is just a healthy re retrace. And also, too, it's the time of the year. It's, it's you know, we had the whole Fed speak. A lot of people sold the S&P and the Dow in the hole right before the Fed talked. And, you know, that we had had a 10% drop in the uh, stock indexes. We've clawed back almost half of the S&P break and about 40% of the Dow break. So I would continue to see that if you ask me my opinion, it's still a stair step higher. It's still trending higher. And uh, you can very easily get hammered, uh, though, on intraday moves. And, yeah. you know, we've already broke and we're trading at the 107 level. We're at 110. So, yeah, you don't have to do the math. If you just lost three cents on, on that, uh, that position, you're feeling some pain. Chris, you've been trading for a long time and watching markets. Uh, I'd imagine you've chalked up a significant amount of screen time and hours in front of. I mean, and we're looking at the weekly time frame here. You mentioned that move from 89 uh, up to 110 and how you don't think we're headed right back down there. But I just wanted to point out uh, kind of along those lines. I mean, this is reminiscent of what we saw when we peaked out around July 14th, mid-July. We came off sharply, but bottomed out and then again resume that trend of the upside you mentioned how it's your friend i like to say continuation more likely than change i guess this could very well be just one of those buying opportunities time will tell let's talk a little bit about rates because this was uh, somewhat supportive of the move up and he looked at the long end but then maybe the dollar bulls kind of got a little bit nervous when the 10-year the five-year the shorter end didn't participate to the same extent that we saw in the 30. yeah i mean that's that's typically what happens when everybody gets the same idea and then you know, it doesn't take long turn, you know, and, and kind of squeeze out anybody that's got a weak, weak yeah. position. Yeah. So the weak, the weak hands are getting forced out. Look at the tenure here. I'm looking at it right now. It's 3.3. Um, and the market is really, you know, it's, it seems to have digested the idea that no matter what, Chair Powell is going to keep cranking interest rates. And as long as they keep getting cover from relatively good uh, unemployment numbers, right? I know you can argue about that stuff all day. You can dig down into it, what's really going on. If you get political, you can really, really go, you know, in the weeds. But at the end of the day, I think the Fed's, get, you know, pretty clear about they want to get rid of inflation. The real tool they have to get rid of inflation is raising rates. And I'll say this, at least they've been consistent. And yeah, yeah. The market seems to have wrapped its head around that. And your previous guest before, I think he's right. I think this, that, you know, it's, that's friendly for the U.S. dollar. You know, we're looking at uh, our rates. I mentioned the 30-year to the upside again to, well, just shy of 3.5%. But I wanted to look at 
uh, how here on the left, you can see the 30-year did break out, but I mentioned zero participation from the 10-year and the five-year. In terms of a breakout, I mean, a nice move up here. Look at the five-year up to 3.4, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the euro because we saw the ECB uh, come in pretty aggressively last week with a 75 basis point rate hike, a record hike, something we haven't seen since I think 1999 for them. Uh, and a signal that they are looking to get a little bit more aggressive about, uh, a little bit more serious about combating inflation. And that also is weighing on the dollars, the euro's firm significantly. Absolutely. And I, we've talked about this before. These guys, they, they do stuff lockstep. I don't know if they text each other or what, but it's been pretty clear for the past year that both the, the uh, U.S. Fed and the Europeans, you know, wanted to start raising rates. And I, I just, honestly, if you're, if you're in Europe, if you're the ECB, you're using the U.S. as cover to do what they also need to do because they're all finding out that this MMT theory, it's it's quietly, you know, uh, failure has a million, success has a million fathers, failure has none. So they're all kind of quietly tiptoeing away from this MMT idea where you could just print money forever and there's no consequences. What's sad for Europe is they've also, they're over, literally over a barrel with their uh, electricity and natural gas issues. So uh, this is one time, you know, I, again, and, and your previous guests said the same thing. The U.S. has got, you know, relatively speaking, the best economy in the world. I mean, Europe is going to, these, these problems in Europe with the price of energy and the price of nat gas and the politics to go around that and all that stuff, that's not going to get, you can't flick a switch and fix that. That's a, that's a long-term fix. So, yes, I believe that the ECB is going to continue to raise rates. They have to as well. And I think 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you know, uh, smart people that are in grad school or getting their PhDs in economics are look back and say, hmm, you know, this was a pretty good retribution from the whole MMT theory. I've got the euro here right now. Look at some of the weakness and the firming thereof as of recent, the last few days. Similar pattern playing out in the British pound here. Anything to comment on in terms of recent developments in the UK? No, I think that, again, that we're, the, the number one thing is the U.S. is raising rates. ECB is raising rates. It's it's like everything else. It, it will reestablish new rates, you know, across the rest of the uh, really the whole, the whole rest of the world. Uh, you're seeing it in South America too. Not to get too far in the woods, but you know they've they've done some stuff down there with their currency to try to get for, uh, their farmers to sell soybeans. Uh, it's just interesting stuff. At the end of the day, everybody's dealing with the rising dollar and the rising uh, rising rates. And I don't see that's going away anytime soon. Yes, we've had a pullback in the dollar. We'll probably see a pullback in those other currencies too. You may see a bounce in the yen, right? Because everybody's trying to step in and pick the bottom in the end, pick the bottom in the end. Because when it does correct, the, corrects, the corrections are sharp, so you can get paid uh, very quickly. So I think you're going to still see people step in to do that type of stuff. And you may see the same type of spread uh, with the pound versus uh, you know the rest of the currencies in the world too. There's when when things get stretched to extremes, there's always an opportunity. The question is when is the turning point? So you see a lot of people stepping and buy it, stepping and buy it, get stopped out, buy it, get stopped out, and then usually uh, at some point when people are done trying to pick the bottom, that's mm -hmm. when the bottom comes in. You just saw it in crude. You know, for six weeks we set at that 89 level, that halfway back level from 60 to to uh, one one uh, 115. And for six weeks, that didn't work. People threw the towel in, and boom, now we're, we're starting to get a little bit of a rally. So I would, I would expect to see that. Again, there's tons of opportunity out there for your viewers. 
Uh, I think the key is to not get locked into a position. Um, and, and, you know, what you want if you're a trader or day trader or long-term trader, you want movement. That's the one thing you're getting uh, with all of these uh, adjustments as the dollar moves and everything else moves. It moves everything. You're seeing movement in uh, currencies. You're seeing movement in the uh, commodities as well. So there's a ton of opportunity here. So rather than be scared about it, I'd say look for your opportunities and see if you can, uh, you know, take advantage of the, of the movement that's definitely coming. This is we're in the middle of September. We got a, you know a few months to go yet, and there could be a lot more opportunity. In terms of markets on extremes here, uh, Chris, a reflection of what we've seen in terms of the fundamentals. We were talking about crude oil early in the show, the dynamic environment we've seen there. But I mean, uh, also, I mean, uh, inflation, everything that's coming into play. And to that, I'm not sure how closely you've been following this rail strike that could become a bit more serious throughout the week. It sounds like come the end of the week, I've heard contract negotiations for them have been on hold uh, for years since 2019, I think it was. So they haven't been able to uh, see any uh, you know, rise in terms of salaries based on inflation and uh, everybody's paying more for everything right now. I'd imagine that's kind of putting the pinch on uh, rail workers. And it does, does sound like this could put the pinch on supply constraints as well already existing and possibly add further to them. Yeah, right. Just what we need is, is that. And that, honestly, well, why is that happening? Is now they have leverage, right? Yeah. We're going to come out of this thing, and that's what happens. If somebody sees they have leverage, they're going to take advantage of it. My guess is it gets it'll get solved quicker rather than uh, sooner rather than later. Especially because of where we are politically. We're coming into the midterms. I don't think either side wants to be blamed for something yeah. like that. Yeah. So probably get wrapped up quickly, and hopefully. And in a similar situation in terms of what you're talking about earlier, as far as central bankers, nobody really wants to be uh, on the wrong side of things here right now in terms of this recovery effort here or the softish landing initiatives or, or attempts here. Let's talk lastly about the WASDE report. I know you follow the grains very closely and we have uh, uh, the World Agriculture Supply Demand estimates out today. I watched grains for the most part. It looked like wheat firming a little bit with that dollar coming off. But uh, what should we be looking for here today? Well, we've had a really good rally coming into this, long story short. We, we've had a nice rally in the past six weeks for corn and soybeans. We're at some key technical levels. Uh, that always matters. At the end of the day, uh, the, the, the feeling is that the USDA likes to have cheaper food. So the risk is a bearish report, right? So, um, and the big argument is what's the yield in corn? Is it 174 or, or is it 167? That's a big swing. And that could impact uh, uh, corn prices. And this is the time of the year where we're harvesting. South America is, is planting. So that's a never-ending, evolving trade. But yeah, uh, these USDA reports, again, for anybody out there that's not familiar with them, you know, they, they come out uh, once a month, usually the first week of the month, kind of like the unemployment numbers. They come out at 11 o'clock. It's a fixed point in time. And usually... Not always, but usually there's a reset in price afterwards. So what does that reset mean? It means there's opportunity. And yes, we've just had a really nice recovery off of uh, some major lows back in uh, June and July for both corn and beans. And wheat, wheat just got completely decimated and it's trying to come off. Wheat broke over $5. We were on a dollar rally, but after a $5 break, that there's a lot of upside to go. And wheat is getting whipped around daily with geopolitics with what's going on in the Black Sea, as well as supply and demand. So today is important because we get fresh supply and demand numbers. And then for the next two, three weeks, we'll argue about whether or not the USDA is right. 
Chris, we were just looking at how uh, the grains are above their 50-day moving average, beans, wheat, and the corn uh, into this. We appreciate you joining us, Chris. Solid breakdown looking at commodities with the Managing Director of TGM Institutional Services, Chris Robinson.